It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to Off the Bench with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews, the show that covers all things NRL. Yeah, welcome to Off the Bench, Sats and Jason Matthews back uh, from holidays. How did Jimmy Smith go, Sats, by the way? Yeah, outstanding. He's outstanding. You know I'm here. (laughs) He wasn't as good as me, though, was he? Well, I mean... I mean, what does he bring to the table? Well, it's subjective to the people who listen to the show. I'll, I'll leave it to the people to decide whether you should okay. be doing this show or Jimmy should be doing this show. I'd like Jimmy to do it so I can have the day off. Well, that's, uh, I, was but, just, I was just thinking that Jimmy's actually a little bit too busy, so I don't think... Oh, is he? Yeah. 0477-736-736. I'd like our three listeners to text in <laughs> and actually uh, just put Jason or Jimmy. That's all I want. 0477-736-736. All three of you. That's, of course, if you are listening at the one time. And you, oh, perhaps you're in the same house. But anyway, what a big week in sport. Massive. We're going to cover off on Huge. that in just a sec. Uh, round seven of the 2021 NRL Premiership has uh, kicked off, as you are well aware. More games to come over the weekend. Of course, it is Anzac Day Sunday, and there are three games on Anzac Day. As uh, I, I just love it. And I love that traditional match between Manly and... And St. George. I know. Roosters. Oh, sorry, Roosters yeah. and St. George at the SCG. Yeah. I just – I can't wait for that. Yeah, though, they used to be massive clashes when they were at the old footy stadium as well. They they threw up some amazing finishes. Uh, I remember Ben Cray scoring a, mm. a winning try just before full time. I think Matty Head kicked a, a goal from the sideline one year. Some real memorable moments. Uh, Anthony Minicello scoring a match-winning try one year as well. They've always thrown up something. I don't think this is going to be any different. On Sunday. I hope you're right. I hope you're right because the Dragons were a little disappointing last week. Yeah, and they were. the Roosters just keep, you know, rolling. I mean, they were okay against the Storm as well, the Roosters. Do you I mean, know one of, the, tough. one of the iconic images I love about Anzac Day weekend rugby league is the Melbourne Warriors game, which yep. is the last game on Sunday night. Yep. And they turn all the lights out at Amy Park and all the images, the Anzac images. It's beautiful around the sales of Amy Park. It is spine-tingling. Yeah, mm. and, and some parts of Australia are uncapped crowds at, um, at Anzac Day marches and ceremonies, which is fantastic. Plus, remember last year during COVID, we did Anzac Day in the driveways. Um, that's happening with a lot of community. I love community. that. I loved it we too, did last week, last year as well. I thought it was outstanding. You know, it, we got to talk to neighbours we'd actually never met. Yeah, there you go. It was great. Yeah. Well, that was the thing about COVID, wasn't it? Mm. People out walking their dogs with their one hour of exercise a day. It's like prison, yeah. wasn't it? Uh, Anzac Day, of course, uh, Sunday. Looking forward to that. And and make sure you do the right thing and pay your respects to those who fought, lost their lives, um, who didn't quite make it back as well to give us the freedoms that we enjoy uh, today. Uh, we're going to give you the tips for the remainder of the weekend as well. Not that we're that good at it. Well, I'm going lousy this year. However... My excuse was I was on holidays, and as you do in Cairns, you day drink. So I'm coming sober. <laughs> Don't try that home, kids, by the way. I'm sober this week, and I'm back. Do you know it's not healthy to have your first beer at like 7.30 in the morning when but you're on holidays? In Cairns, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't. You have. I was getting up, Cocoa Pops. 36 degrees at 6.45 a.m. I was chafed by 6.30, <laughs> and I only went from the bedroom to the kitchen in my apartment. <laughs> 
So, geez, it's not good if you do suffer chafe, far north <laughs> Queensland. It's it's horrendous. And then you hit that salty water. Ow. Uh, we're going to review Thursday night's game between the Panthers and the Knights as well. Knights were, were brave. We'll get into that real soon. But right now, let's do this. Time on Off the Bench to look back on the news of the week. Yeah, it was it was uh, what Tony Gregg used to say. Was it the uh, the moisture rating? Yeah. Oh, it was. Remember that board, the the, the weather duck and yeah. the board they used to have? The little thing that spun around that did nothing. Yeah. It was just a little the barometer battery, or the, whatever it was. Yeah. The barometer's up. reading 1,096. What the hell does that mean? Look, we know even the Weather Bureau didn't have a device like that. Why would Channel 9 at the cricket yeah. have like a satellite dish on the pitch? And he'd stick his key in the, in the pitch and <laughs> some of the cracks were so wide overseas he could drop a whole set of car keys down them. And a car. <laughs> hey, listen, the Gallon fights on uh, Wednesday yep. night where he beat Big Daddy Brown. This is how it ended. I'm going to ask the other undefeated uh, boxer in this room, Scott Sattler, one <laughs> from one. Um, what did you make of that effort, and where does Gallen go next? Uh, amazing effort, amazing effort. I've always respected what he's what he's done since retiring from rugby, even while he was playing, and and being able to transition between the two sports. Um, the first time I've seen him on Wednesday night, where he actually looked like a boxer, he was. What I mean by that, he was actually moving his head. He was slipping punches, really, even though the fight didn't say, go long enough. He's got a head like a boxer. But he was, uh, he was slipping some punches. He had really good movement. His combinations are really good. He even admitted after the fight, he said, "It's the first time I've actually trained as a boxer. Whereas before, I was a rugby league player, training to play rugby league and doing some boxing training on the side. This guy's got an amazing motor. He's courageous. It's a lonely place." When you walk through the lights, up the stairs, onto a, the ring, and all of a sudden everyone's looking up at you and there's only two people in the ring out, outside of the, the referee, it's a really lonely place. And I take my hat off to him. And this is, I thought, the real, the first legitimate legitimate battle that he's had. And a lot of boxers do it anyway. The first six or seven fights, I'll, they'll fight people they know that they're probably going to beat. And then you start matching them against people who are going to really compete. And even though he's 42 years of age, Lucas Big Daddy Brown – he still should have had enough experience to get around the ring and use his ring craft and his intelligence to get himself in the right position just to hold off Gallon. But to Gallon's credit, he just he stayed on him from the moment, put his head on his chest and just um, didn't let him breathe in those hundred-odd seconds of the fight. But I was really concerned. I've watched Big Daddy Brown's career when he came over from MMA. And there's been fights where he takes his shirt off at the, at the weigh-in and he looked really lean and ripped and fit and hard and ready to fight. And they're the fights that he was almost impossible to beat. Mm. When he won the world title against Shigeyev in Chechnya, he was he looked really good. He, I think he weighed in at about 115, 114 kilos, but he looked really lean. And um, and then I saw him fight John Hopawati once where he's, he looked like he hadn't trained. And, he, yeah, he knocked out Hopawati, but he, he looked horrible. Yeah, right. When he took his shirt off at the weigh-in on Tuesday, I went, wow, he hasn't trained. He hasn't. You could just tell in his whole his body posture, his – He's, um, yeah, the weight around his, his waist. And, and anyway, when he got in the ring and he threw his first couple of punches, he nearly fell over himself mm. when he threw the first couple of punches. 
And um, from that point on, you thought, this this actually could get ugly. So then, then going on those comments, maybe it wasn't a true test of where Gal is in the boxing world. Yeah, good point. But sometimes it's like... It's like the NRL player, Jace, it's 33. He's played 250 games. He hasn't got the speed or the change of direction anymore. But they know how to get their body in the right position mm. to still make the right make the right decisions and whatever it may be. Um, whereas Big Daddy Brown, there was, there's been a few concerns coming into the fight that his chin was glassy anyway and – Mm. he's suffered some shots over the years that have had some effects. And you saw those first couple of punches when he dropped him and I don't think it would have dropped a, a healthy fighter. But, you know, they're now saying he should fight Justice Hooney, who's going to go to the Olympics in Tokyo, one of the heavyweight fight, favourites over there. And I think it'll happen before the Olympics. And The reason why I think it will happen is because Hooney won't earn $500,000 in the next couple of years in boxing. So this well, he's is got a, no one to fight. This is a really good payday for him right now before the Olympics. Or he goes to the Olympics, gets a gold medal, and his first fight after winning a gold medal is a million-dollar fight. Sugar Ray Leonard did that. He won the gold at the 76 Olympics, and then his first fight after that was a million dollars. I reckon Hooney will be the same. Gallon won't fight him, though. Gallon has yeah, said openly, no, he's a prize fighter. He He's not interested in titles. No, I, it's, not, it's not about a title. If he fights it's about Hooney, the money. it's a million-dollar payday for, for Gallon. All right, this is what he had to say, by the way, post-fight. Yeah, it's great individually. Individually, it's really high up now. I'll just, be the, I'll just be the most credentialed fighter in Australia. So individually, it's yeah, it's, it's really high up. <laughs> the go, yeah. Yeah, look, it's, it's high up. It's, um, yeah, look, I've achieved everything, as I said, as a rugby league player. And, um, yeah, this this is a good good night for myself, good night for my team, good night for Graham Shaw, good night for No Limit. It's Everything's worked out well. And not, not because I was lucky or not because... I wanted to because I bloody trained hard to make it happen, and that's what I did. I reckon there's a bigger payday around the corner than Justice Hooney, and I reckon Gal. I don't reckon. I, I don't believe Gal has got it to go toe to toe with Justice, but there is a bigger payday. Well, and neither I, do I. But money wise, but but that might. Yeah, but that's one fight. I reckon he could probably take another one before that, and I reckon it's Sonny Bill Williams. Okay, well, you're, you're a sports lover. Yeah. Okay, he's always saying, I just want to take the fights mm-hmm. the fans want to see. And, and I, I want it, mate. I want to see him and Sonny Bill. Before Justice Hooney? Absolutely. Okay, well, I, there you go. I, I have no interest in seeing him fight Justice Hooney, to be, be honest. Like, mm. Not yet, because um, I don't think he is proven yet. I really don't. I don't know, and I just – Going on everything, you, I mean, you've got a really good eye for that sport and just hearing what you've just said about Daddy Brown, Big Daddy Brown, uh, that, that that wasn't a competitive fight. It was a competitive fight, but Brown wasn't his best. It was a competitive competitive fight until the moment the bell went and you absolutely. saw how uncoordinated a, 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 he looked. A, absolutely. He hadn't trained, right? He mm. wasn't ready for that fight. He was ready for a payday. I would love to see Sonny Bill and, and Gal – in the ring, I reckon that's a $2 million payday for each of those Do you know fighters. what? I don't want to see – and I agree with you as well. I don't want to see Gallon fight Justice Hooney. As much as I admire what he's done, I don't want to see him fight Justice Hooney for one reason and one reason only. It is a completely different challenge going up against a guy who's a possible gold medal favourite. There you go. And I don't want to see him because from a health point of view and a safety point of view – Yep. I don't want to see Gal put himself through that because Justice Hooney could could cause some concerns for him. Tell you what, mate, I um I love this bloke during the week. Very classy. Chad Townsend made the made the announcement that he's leaving the Sharks at the end of the year. 
you know, it was a tough decision, you know, like, I love the club and, you know, I've made a lot of good memories here and got a lot of good mates here as well and, you know, we had some success here and over the last few years, so, yeah, it was, you know, it was a tough decision. I'd like to feel like I've been, you know, ex extremely loyal to this club, it's, it's my home, hometown area and I grew up, you know, 20 minutes down the road, I used to sit on that hill over there and I dream of playing for the Sharks and I've, you know, I feel very blessed I've been able to do that for a, for a long time and, you know, we, we toss and turn there for a bit, but um, you know, I'm extremely happy that I've been able to secure my future and, and get some security in this game. I thought he was really classy, Chad, and I'm very honest that he's got a young family, three-year deal to go to North Queensland Cowboys worth two point, roughly $2.4 million. Well, that's what Denny Widler uh, announced. Between so, seven and 800 a year, yeah. So that's, that's good security, and that's the top end of halfbacks mm. in the game. When What's Reynolds on, 700? 700, yeah. Yeah, so – and I wouldn't say Chad Townsend is a better halfback than, uh, than say, Adam Reynolds at the moment. But good deal for him. Jeez, it, it leaves a bit of a hole at the Sharks, doesn't it? Well, it, no, it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, I'm led to believe that they're going in really hard for Adam Reynolds. Mm. I'm led to we'll believe, get into that in just a second. I'm led yeah. to believe that they'll offer him a, a pretty important role at the club. But now it comes down to Sean Johnson and also Matt Moylan. It's going to be a shootout between those two, which one they keep. They won't keep both. So they're actually right. not in a bad position, Cronulla. 30 years of age, nearly Chad Townsend. Yep. He's going to be 33. Is he worth it? Is he a bit – like? I mean, his best years of footy are behind him, He's right? worth it to the Cowboys. In what way? His experience, his maturity, his uh, ability to turn four points into six points, which is huge in this day and age. Very good defender for a halfback, a really good defender. Above all, he's a quality human being. He's a family man. He's a clean skin. They need all those attributes at the Cowboys because they've got too much youth and too much uncertainty around some players. They need someone that's got the ability to go in there and be brutally honest with players and steer them around the field with maturity. Is he a good leader? Very Is good. Is he strong? Yeah, absolutely he is. Yeah, he's got a great personality and a really good characteristics around oh, him Oh, it sounds well. like it. Sounds like it. I feel as though moving from Cronulla to the Cowboys will take him to another level right. in relation to leadership. Who would be the number six at the Cowboys? Uh, well. Because he's not a creative player. They need a creative player. No, he's. Do, do you put Val Holmes at six? No, 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 no way in the world. If they're going to re-sign Scott Drinkwater, Scott Drinkwater. He'd be the best, right? He probably needs. He needs oh, – my opinion is he needs someone like Townsend next Structure. to him. He needs Townsend to actually teach him on the run. Be a coach that's on the field while your coach sits in the grandstand. You've got a coach on the field like Townsend as well that also educates his players while they're on the run. Mm. So if it was me, I'd be re-signing Drinkwater because he's a little bit erratic, <laughs> but Townsend can give him that little bit that control in his game. Very classy, Chad Townsend. That's uh... – that uh, interview he did um, after making the announcement was all class and good on you. No one, no one uh, has a crack at anyone who's just doing the best thing for, mm. for their family. It's that time for an Off The Bench Friday Night Preview. Yes, it is. A uh, couple of big games coming up here in the NRL tonight. Uh, first up, Titans taking on the Rabbitohs at Seabus. Can't get there and working. Bugger. I am a... too, but there at Seabus. Uh, mate of mine's got a corporate box. Mm -hmm. He said, let's go, bring your wives. Well, not wives, wives for me. Like we so all, all us mates take our wives. And I'm like, got to work. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just hate your job. <laughs> and I hate my job today. Just today. I'll love it tomorrow. 
But just I hate today. it today. It's because your bunnies are playing. My bunnies are playing, and surefire win. I mean, they'll notch up a win against the Titans, won't they? Never know. Never know. You never know. You, what we do know about the the bunnies. This game's at uh, yeah six pm kickoff at Seabus Super Stadium. Um, South's got a really good depth. They've lost Latrell. So basically, what they do is they they throw Alex Johnston to fullback. There are reports that Cody Walker may play fullback. I like that idea. Yeah, actually, and they bring Benji into five eighths. So um, you know what I like about that, Sats? What, what are your thoughts on this? That just gives Cody, in attack, freedom just to lurk around the middle. I'd actually be playing Benji at fullback. That's just me. But because, Has he got the pace? Well, you don't really need pace. You just need deception. Which well, but, you do, but don't you need that explosive pace if you just get that, you know, if you're just following the ball around? Yeah, but it, when you get into attacking attacking, and you just got to be a really good link player, which he can be. Now, at his age, I don't know whether he's got the running in his legs at the moment, but... If Cody Walker goes to fullback, Benji Marshall will go to 5 8. Uh, Dane Gagai goes to the wing instead of the centres. They bring in Stephen Masters as well, and Josh Mansour's out, and they bring in Jackson Paulo. So they're actually in a really good position, uh, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, with where they're sitting on the table. They get Liam Knight back as well, who's been out with uh, concussion. Uh, the Gold Coast Titans, they're without Tino Fasul Malawi, which is a, a big, big loss, loss, huge mm. loss. And coming off a, a drubbing, 36-0 drubbing from the Manly Warringah Seagulls, it's going to be interesting to see if they've licked their wounds and it's taken a long time to get over that emotionally, psychologically. If they if they dwelled on it too long, like the West Tigers, if they dwelled on that loss too long from last week, it could get ugly again this week. Where Quickly, where are the Titans at? Um, see, the wins that they've had in the first five rounds – they're against teams that are outside the eight. Well, not even if they're outside the eight. Whether are they regarded as a as mm. a potential mm. premiership threat or a top four or top six side? No. One of the, the team they get, did get beaten by was Canberra in those first five rounds. They are legitimate premiership threats. So, at the moment, I think the Titans. If you if, I, if you had asked me now, based on their form in the first six weeks, are they a top eight side? Yes, they are. But only just. Okay. Mm. Uh, second game, Eels taking on the Broncos at TIO Stadium in Darwin tonight. Yeah, humidity is a huge problem. Uh, but in saying that, um, I like what Parramatta did last week. They just they played tough. I love it when they play tough. Could when, you imagine a Penrith-Parramatta grand final? Oh. Just shut down the west of Sydney now. You know, you wouldn't have a stadium big enough no. to fit the people in. But, no. um yeah, with, uh, with Parramatta, I like what they did last week. They had, and they had the answer from the week before against the Dragons when they, they got out-muscled. Uh, but this Broncos side, you know, they were courageous last week. But I can't see them sustaining the uh, intensity they showed last week against Penrith. How good, though, is the Broncos' forward pack? They've just got nothing behind it. Mm, I know. If that forward pack, imagine if the Broncos get a, a, a good seven and six. And a good one. I mean, they, they'll be lethal. They don't need all of them. They just need a, a good one and, and one of the halves that can be a really good controlling half. Now, Tommy Dearden is the answer. He just needs more time in the jersey. Yeah. But he needs someone that can, again, like like um, Chad Townsend's going to do at the Cowboys, he needs someone alongside him that can teach him on the run. Yeah. So uh, their forward pack is amazing. Carrigan, Tavita Pangai Jr. had Viliami Kikia looking through his peripheries last week. Where is he? How good is it for New South lunatic? Wales that he's – Yeah, He'd be great. Alex Glenn, who I love as a player. Payne yeah. Haas, who's the best front rower in the game. And Matt Lodge has found some form. So 
you're right. They set a really good platform, this Broncos side. They just don't have the class to be able to finish it off. All right, who wins these games tonight? Satsy? I'm going to say the Rabbits 13 plus, Eels 13 plus. Yep. So they're going to be blowouts tonight? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think potentially they could be. The, the, the humidity, tight... humidity won't help Brisbane? No, not really. Okay, thanks it, for that. It'll affect, both, <laughs> it'll affect both sides. But the Titans are one of those sides. You just don't know what you're going to get after last week's game. All right, let's get to a break and off the bench. When we come back, we're going to review Thursday night's game between the Panthers and the Knights on Off the Bench. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. On Off the Bench, a Thursday night NRL review. They go right side. Yo, out the back to Cleary. Early kick. They're streaming through. Crichton. Crichton can't get through. Gets through. Gets it down. Let's see what Cleary does. In fact, they go left to Luai. He wants to run it. Short ball. Burton straight through. Gets a try. Joel Kane called it beforehand. We'll call it right now. It looked flat. Let's call it that. We'll find out what the car sales expert thinks. Panthers get their second try. Oh, he got called out of it there. Billy Army kick out. That meant man went through. Now he's given it off to Tuala. Tuala, in fact, the staff. He's going to win. Oh, win the challenge. pushed him away. Dylan Edwards slams the ground, but that was a one-on-one push. He got away from him, and he made his mark in this match. Stafford Tower gets the try. Cleary one from two. He's looking to add the penalty here. He does that. It was a pretty comfortable one, about 15 metres out, almost directly in front. So now the scoreline. They've got a, a converted try in at centrefield, 10 metres out the scrum. Ball back on the inside. Isaiah Yo ducked under Dylan Edwards, got the try. Well, they didn't deserve to score like that. Connor Watson was the defender that was less clasping at air. Dylan Edwards gets the try in his return from injury. Just drag him in, Jim. Drag him in, drag him in, score in the corner. Now they go left-hand side. This is Luai. Oh, he thought about a kick. Quick hands, kick out. Oh, oh, the car sales expert. He's dancing in the street tonight. That's exactly what he saw. Oh, got the try. He's been superb. The Panthers ace the game. They continue the winning streak at home. And they are seven from seven in season 2021. There you have it, Sats. Penrith Panthers 24 beat the Newcastle Knights. Six tries to Crichton, Burton, Edwards and To'o for the Panthers. Cleary kicked three from four. And To'a, the lone try scorer for the Knights. Ponga one from one. There's a lot of To'os and To'os. To'os there is. <laughs> um, mate, I, I thought the, the Knights were pretty strong really for about 70 minutes of that game. And I think they just ran out of legs. Well, they've got a tremendous forward pack. Really good forward pack. So they went toe-to-toe with the Panthers. And unfortunately for the Knights, they just don't have that sting in the halves. Blake Blake Green, I feel as though who they thought was a big signing. I, he's a good player. He's a good steady player. but he's, He doesn't make mistakes, does he? No, but he doesn't do anything that could change a game, though, either. No, and he's got to have a 5-8 outside him that, that is, has the ability to pull the trigger. Mm. And he doesn't have that with Kurt Mann, who's just a really good player, Kurt Mann. He just fills in at all positions, gives everything. So they just lack that creativity around the halves. Um, that's where they couldn't go toe-to-toe with Nathan Cleary and Jerome Luai. That was the difference, the halves combination. Yeah, O'Brien uh, said he was happy with the, the boys after the game, but he said they just lacked that in the spine. They just lacked that zip. So exactly what you were talking about. In the about. halves, yeah. So they've got it yeah. there at fullback. They've got it there at dummy half. They've got it in the forward pack. They just need something around the halves. Mitchell Pearce being out has really hurt them. How long um, till he comes back? Oh, he's another. He'd be at least another six weeks. Actually, we've got a, a text here uh, from Gavin of Merriweather uh, mm. in Newcastle, wanting to know how long uh, until Edric Lee. Phoenix, Edric Lee's round eight. Round eight. Uh, what about Phoenix Crossland? Not sure. And when did you say Pierce? 
Pierce, I reckon, is about another five or six weeks. Yeah, right. Okay, mm-hmm. I just want to know when they're going to come back. They will make a difference when they when they come back into oh, that side. Definitely, Mitchell Pierce will. Yeah. Um, oh, Edric Lee had a good year last year. Yeah, yeah, and he's a he's a big body. You can actually mm. aim at him with his kicks because yeah. he's yeah, six foot five. So now, did I hear a stat last night in the broadcast that mm-hmm. uh, the Panthers have now first time they won seven straight. Since the 1991. No, they've never won seven straight. Never won? Never. Since they nine, didn't win seven straight last no, year? Nine, oh, yeah, last year, no, but in the first seven rounds. Oh, in the first seven rounds, right. Yeah, so gotcha. even when they won the first five, they were the first Panthers team since 1967 when they came in the comp to win the first five rounds of the comp. So the 1991 Premiership winning team won seven straight, but they weren't the first seven. Yeah, so in 2003, we won nine straight. Right. But we knew, we won one of the first five. I'm going to ask this question. Is that just a crap stat then? Because it's so confusing. So every week they're going to say, the first <laughs> team in the club's history to win eight straight. As a former Panther, what do you make of the boys this year? Are they Are they – Head and shoulders above other teams yeah. at this stage. Like, play, by, by how far sats? A fair way. Really? Um, they haven't come up against Melbourne yet. Okay. Melbourne know how to control the game defensively. Um, but that's going to be a true test. Like every team, it's a true test against Melbourne. But they are playing with a level, level of energy I've never seen in a side. Really? I mean, they are on the run. They are on the on the front foot the entire time. They are thinking – how can we make life really uncomfortable for you every single ruck? Not let's let's build up to something. They are just – they fire out of the blocks from the moment that the whistle goes and you've got to be able to go with them because if you can't, they just blow you away in the last 15 minutes. They've got the, pan, they've got the Rabbitohs in round 11. They've yep. got the Eels in round 16. I'm just looking for their game against the Melbourne Storm. They've got a pretty good run, actually, in they've these got a really 10 good, rounds. Yeah, it's very – Well, the question is, who's going to lose? Who's, what's, what's going to happen first? Penrith lose first or Bulldogs win first? Jeez, that's a – they are so far ahead of everyone at the moment. And the Bulldogs at are so far behind everyone. Mm. They'll take on the Storm at Amy Park in round 20. Oh, wow. A long way away. Mm. So the fair chance is, I mean, they've got a couple of games in between. They've got the Roosters and the Rabbitohs. Uh, and they've got another game against the Eels. Have they played the Eels yet this year? They play them twice. They've got the Eels again as well. So they've got three tough games. I see them against South, who are a big, physical, fast team. Well, that prelim final last last year, that was an amazing game. I think Penrith – They're too good, though. I think Penrith another 25% ahead of South. I agree. The speed they play the game at. Yeah. And you know what I love about love about watching Penrith? It's almost free-form football. Mm. It's not like you run to his. Like, not, they're not overcoached. They've got – they're coached, but they've got this natural ability. Look, how, how's Burton going in the centres? Yeah, they've got, a, they've got a strength and conditioner, a guy that oversees their whole – Strength and conditioning department, what they call the high performance. His name's Hayden Knowles, but was a Parramatta for a number of years, went to the Gold Coast. He has this innate ability to get rugby league teams ready for combat. Yeah. And I don't know what he does, but whatever he does, he does it differently. And he does it with a competitive nature. And you can see those players, they're just, they're absolutely humming. And they're not the arrogant. Moment. They're not arrogant either. They're... Well, they are arrogant. I reckon they're. No, I like no, it. No, but it's, it's a good arrogance. Yeah, You've good. got to have a good arrogance to win a comp. Righty, we better get to a break. When we come back, uh, during the week, you and Badge had a chat with a great young player who made his debut for the West Tigers last week, Jake Simpkin. What a great kid. T-bar boy, Toowoomba bar. Mm. Toowoomba bar. Toowoomba boy. 
a great kid and a great chat coming up next on Off the Bench. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. Jake Simpkin joins us on Sports Day. How are you, Jake? Good boys. Hey, thanks for having me. No, no, thank you very much for giving up your time and congratulations on, on your debut last week. It was a tough initiation, but one of the great games. Uh, was it everything you expected or was it more? Yeah, it was, mate. It was uh, probably a bit more, actually. Um, it was a pretty intense game, obviously. Uh, South Sydney are, are pretty, a pretty good team, so um, it, was very, it was very fast and physical and um, it was a tough one to start off with my debut, but uh, I'll definitely never forget it. Yeah, well, you got through lots of work. 50-something tackles and uh, plenty of touches as well. Do you remember everything about it? Or was it one of those games that you just went, gee, that was a whirlwind. Um, I'd have to watch it back to, uh, you know, to, to relive it all. Oh, honestly, it was, it was pretty much over in the blink of my eye. I think was sort of just, I was just sort of telling myself just 10 minutes. I was just sort of going 10 minutes at a time, just trying to get through, just trying to get through. Because it was a fair bit of, it was a pretty big arm, um, arm wrestle that game. So um, it was... Um, yeah, I was just trying to hang in there, really. Yeah. Get through my tackles, make my tackles and that, and then um, get to half time. And then once half time come, just I knew I only had 40 minutes to get through. So it was a tough one. Now, that crazy scramble in um, at the end of the game for the, the try to uh, to George, George, Tom Burgess. Tom Burgess. Tom Burgess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we Tom didn't know if it was a try, and Luke Brooks went to the other end. So then they go upstairs. Where, where were you guys? Were, were you just in the huddle and all? Praying, or you that that uh, it was going to be a bounce ball from Burgess. I just looked up and just seen Brooksy running down the field, and then um, the ref, I think it was Jared Sutton, I think it was ref, um, started chasing him down the field, and I was thinking, oh, how good luck, like, surely, because I couldn't see actually if he dropped it or what happened. Mm. Um, so I was just praying, I was just praying that um, he dropped it, and then I seen Brooksy run at the other end, and then uh, he pointed to the spot and gave it a try. So. I thought we'd won, to be honest. And then mm. I knew they'd go upstairs, but and review it. So I was just hoping that it went our way. But uh, unfortunately, Not to be. didn't. Now, I remember yeah. when we make, make our debuts badge, you, you sit back and you, you look at the players that you're playing against. Firstly, you see them in, in, um, in the paper, who you're going to play against. There's different sort of players, Jake. And then all of a sudden, you get out on the field and you, you get – sometimes you have a tendency to stargaze a little bit. Now, how did you get over that when you're coming up against players that you've watched on TV the last few years – Especially as a teenager, players like Adam Reynolds and and Cody Walker and, and Latrell Mitchell and and Damien Cook. Yeah, it is a tough one. Um, especially, I think the good the good thing for me was I got told uh, early in the week that I was going to be um, making my debut. So it gave me it gave me the whole week to sort of get my head around it. And I, like I tried the first couple of days, I was sort of obviously yeah, you get a bit starstruck and stuff. So. I thought I just, you know, I had plenty of time to just get over that stuff at the start of the week, and then just move on and start focusing on my on my job towards the end of the week. So, um, I think that really helped me. Whereas some boys, are, some people will get unfortunate, like a bit unlucky in that sense, and get told they're making their debut the, the night before a game or on captain's run and stuff like mm. that. So, um, I was pretty lucky in that sense. Now you talk about lucky, and, and you grew up in a in a region that is um, that has been laced with tremendous rugby league players over the years. You're, you're from Toowoomba, aren't you? Now, did you go to St Mary's? I believe is that's that's JT's former school, yeah, isn't St. Mary's, it? Yeah, 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 it was. Yeah. So, what was the uh, what was the upbringing like when it came to your junior footy? Uh, who'd you play for in, in your club? Was it Valleys or all all whites or Southern uh, Suburbs? Southern Suburbs, I played for. Yeah, um, pretty. Uh, Toowoomba, you know, is a pretty proud uh, rugby league community. Um, everyone sort of loves it and gets it around it um, there. So 
I was sort of exposed to rugby league at a pretty young age, and um, you know I loved I loved it every Saturday, getting up and playing rugby league as a junior all the way through. Um, but yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. My, um, growing up playing rugby league in Toowoomba. Who'd you follow though? In did you follow a, a club, a player, or in in uh, in the big time in the NRL? Yeah, I'd love JT John Thurston. I, I was sort of a Cowboys Bronx man, right? But I saw I was more Broncos, but I love the I love the Cowboys because JT was playing for them. And I imagine there'd be a lot of kids up around that area that would mm. too. And you know, and he actually played a bit of footy for my old junior club in in uh, in Brisbane or South Sunnybank. Anyway, he. Um, now talking about um, you know the the players that you you sort of always followed, and then you come through the ranks. Did you want to be a, a cowboy or a bronco? How did you end up at the Tigers? Yeah, I think um, every everyone that sort of every young kid in Queensland sort of wants to be a uh, either with the Bronx or the Cowboys. Probably more the Broncos. Um, I um, I, I sort of just. It was at Magic Round. Um, I wanted to, so I did. Sorry, I did want to play for the Broncos. Yeah, I was got um, offered like a little contract with them when I was around fifteen, and then that sort of took off for a while there. And then um, I don't know, sort of uh, around Magic Round twenty nineteen, um, I get a call from my manager, and um, Hogs was just sort of he's Paul Hogan's my manager, and he was just saying um, that Michael McGuire wants to meet up and just have a have a chat and stuff like that. And then um, yeah, everything went from there, sort of. Con- convinced me that to come to the Tigers and there was a pretty good opportunity for me there at the time. So, um, yeah, I took it with both hands. Mm. Best day of your life. You enjoying Madge? You're yeah. loving his, his hard work ethic? Yeah, mate, I love him. Um, obviously, he's my first, my first actual NRL coach, so I don't really know any different. Um, but, no, I, I really enjoy him. He's, he's, I think he's a really good coach. Yeah, he's a terrific guy. Now, when you come into first grade at an early age, Jake, you're either a, a watcher, where you sit back and just watch everything go on, or you're an antagoniser. So, which one are you? Oh, I think a bit of both, mate. I, I sort of, I remember my first day coming in, and I was um, my first field session, and I seen Benji Marshall running around, and I think I was a bit just, I was just stargazing the whole time, just watching him, <laughs> uh, and all these players that I've watched on TV and that. So, it was a bit of a, um, it was a bit of a shock to the system seeing them boys there, and then. Um, I think eventually with time you grow confidence um, around the boys and that, and then you can sort of you start to talk more, you start to feel more confident around them, and that's when you can sort of do that stuff. But my first couple of days, I was definitely a watcher. So, so that means he's warmed into being an antagonizer. So, um, hmm. what's your nickname, Jake? Have you got a nickname yet? I mean, have you been given other than Jaco or Simco? Have you been given a nickname? Uh, the boys just call me Jake the Snake. I don't know. I don't know where that's Jake the Snake. You've just given yourself snake, that. Yeah. You've just given yourself that nickname, then Jake. <laughs> no, mate. I'll, I'll promise you. The boys, um, the boys sort of got around that and just tried to call me that. Um, but yeah, that's that's probably nah. the only really one I got apart. This is a hooker thing because Steve Wilders didn't like. I can't remember what his old nickname was, and so he called himself the Tractor until it finally stuck because he thought that was great. He's the tractor. He just runs over the opposition. <laughs> So you called yourself Jake the Snake, right? Oh, we'll, we'll we'll run with that, Jake. Yeah. Hey, was there was there a special jersey presentation for you? And 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 did you did you did your family make it to to your debut or or mates? Yeah. Um, so captains run the day before. Um, the club the club's really good with it actually. So all the boy, all the debutants um, do it. So the, just uh, the captains run the day before. They flew my um, my family and that down, and they um, presented my jersey. Day before the game, so that was pretty cool. And then um, on the on the game day, I, I hang about ten mates come down, 
and then which was a pretty big massive effort too coming from Toowoomba. Yeah. So, yeah, it was awesome. Now a little birdie told me, Jake, that you love reality TV and especially Love Island. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> Oh mate! Why? What, what does this you mean? This can you can you edu- you can you educate from? my my uh, my illustrious co-host here in Gary Belcher why you love Love Island so much? <laughs> What's going on? Personally, I don't love Love Island, but my missus is from Love Island, so I think that's she's from there. From it. It's actually an island. She lived she there. She's actually she was there's an island called Love Island. She was born on Love Island. No. no. <laughs> nah, she was on the show for a bit. Oh, um, she's on the show. Yeah. I thought you were going to say she was a kitchen hand or something or behind the camera. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, what? So what's her name? Can we? Her name's Cartier. Cartier. Yeah. yeah. And, you, you've watched. And, and from all reports, my, my, my friend, my confidant, told me that if you look at Jake Simpkins' Instagram, so what's your Instagram name, Jake? Oh, here we go. Oh, Jake underscore Simpkin or something like that. Uh, Jake, the, Jake, Jake the Snake Simpkin. Jake is. underscore Simpkin. <laughs> Jake the Snake Simpkin. Yeah. <laughs> He's changing it as we speak. He said if you, if you look at his Instagram page, it is filled with all these lovely photos of him and his girlfriend Cartier hugging and kissing. And <laughs> Really? He on said Love Island? He said it's quite nauseating. To okay. Honest, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We love uh, what you did on the weekend, it was a tremendous debut. Even though you didn't get the win, uh, we all remember our debuts. And uh, good luck this weekend against uh, the Seagulls, mate. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Thanks good, for having me. Good on you. Jake the Snake Simpkin there joining us on uh, Sports Day. And don't forget, yeah, West Tigers versus Manly Seagulls. Oh, Woogie's got the photos up there now. Oh, beautiful couple. Yeah. West Tigers versus Manly Seagulls on Anzac Day at Bank West Stadium. Tickets from Ticketek. Welcome back. This is Off The Bench NRL. The winners, the losers, the how and the why. Let's get stuck into our Off The Bench footy tips. Yeah, Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews here on Off The Bench. I hope your weekend is uh, going well so far. Let's look at our Saturday games, kicking off at 5.30, the first one. Satsy are uh, the Sharks taking on the Bulldogs at Net Strata and uh, it's interesting what you said before. Who's go- what's going to happen first? Um, a Penrith loser game or Bulldogs win a game? But mm. I don't think Bulldogs will be winning this one, will they? Uh, do you know what? If they're going to win a game, this could possibly be the one. That's a cliche. No, I, I, there's something about the Bulldogs we all know that's missing, and it's just it's class. Jack Hetherington. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's class and the ability that just that polish that the ability to to, to finish off movements and be able to build pressure. But one thing they've got is. They're a tough group. They're a tough club, but they're a tough group. They're they're doing their best. And if they can get it through their heads that if they're not going to be able to score points just through through set plays, whatever it may be, if they can just realise that it's the same amount of points for a try if you use your wingers, high balls to the corners, put pressure off, and just put a lot of numbers around the ball when the ball goes in the air at any part of the field, you may be able to jag two or three tries. If you do that, you're in the game. Who if they do that... They can beat the Sharks. I think the Sharks win, but I think it's un- I reckon it's only going to be by two or four points. This is one of the hardest games. I- I'm I'm with you on the Sharks winning that. I reckon they'll win by about eight. Um, Cowboys versus Raiders. This is a hard game. I mean, Cowboys have won a couple on the row, and, and look, they haven't been great teams, but it gives the team confidence, right? Mm. Uh, the Raiders. I think I don't think things are well 
in, in the nation's capital, and uh, they're playing at Queensland Country Bank Stadium on Saturday night. How do you, how do you see this game going? I reckon it's going to be a lot closer than th- what you think it's going to be. I think if Ricky didn't pull the trigger on some of their key players, Isaiah, uh, sorry, um, Josh Papali'i and uh, Joseph Tarpanay dropped them back to the bench. If he would have gone in with the same 17 and just thought, you know, that we had an off night, so everything will be okay, I think I would be very concerned about Canberra and the way they're playing at the moment. They look flat. They look really, really flat. They don't look adventurous. They don't look like they're willing to get into the fight. They look like they're trying to score points for the sake of scoring points rather than mm. building pressure. Mm. Um, but because he did pull the trigger on those two key players and Josh Hodgson's out, which is not a bad thing. I think Tommy Starling will actually allow them to play a lot more direct. I think the Raiders win. But if, if Ricky wouldn't have made the decisions, uh, made the decision he did during the week with the selections, I've, I would have thought the Cowboys could have got away with this. I still – I've taken the Raiders just only yep. because they are a better team mm-hmm. on paper. Uh, but you know what? The, the Cowboys camp is a happy camp at the moment. Always is after you've come off two consecutive wins. West Tigers versus Seagulls, the first game on Anzac Day, one forty-five at Bank West. This is a tough game, although, geez, Seagulls are a different team with Tommy Turbo. Completely different. I didn't realise one player would have such an influence. Sometimes mm. you don't realise how good something is until it's gone. And when he, when he did uh, leave the game for a period of time because of that injury – the effect that he had on the game last week was something I've never seen from a first game back, especially from a hamstring injury. Really hard psychologically if you're a speedster to get over a hamstring injury. And not only the impact, the game was over after 20 minutes, Sats. I know. He and the he and the Sea Eagles completely destroyed the Titans in the his, first 20. His first involvement on the fourth tackle in the first set of the game, he nearly split them behind the play yeah. the ball. Unbelievable. But I think the West Tigers win. I think defensively, yeah. I think if they recovered really well from that game last week where they can say to themselves, okay, let's get rid of the bad stuff that we let the game slip, but let's focus on the really good things we did last week and how we can build on those. Defensively, I think they could shut the Seagulls down. I reckon, though, they'll be – I reckon they'll be a bit buggered after that game. I think the Seagulls will go – Took a bit out of them, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you who I will be watching for the West Tigers, Jake Simpson. Simpkin. Uh, Simpkin, sorry. And I hope he – I hope he's got a jumper that's not too big for him. He looked like he got Steve Roach's old jumper <laughs> and just put it on. It was massive, wasn't it? It was. Okay, Sunday, Roosters versus Dragons. This is the big game, Anzac Day traditional clash. Who wins this very yeah, quickly? Yeah, uh, I'm going to take the Dragons. All right, and Sunday night, this is a beauty. You talked about it off the top of the show, and we love the ceremony before the game. Yep. Storm versus Warriors at Amy Park. Storm, too strong. Yeah, righty up. Okay. I can't believe with the greatest player of all time retiring, they look like they have not missed a beat. I know. Mm. Isn't that a great system? Yep. It's all about the system. We keep hearing that all the time. Rightio, time to do this. Before we go, on Off The Bench, what's got us excited across the weekend of sports? Well, apart from having a couple of days off and a heap of sport on the TV, what, what are you looking, looking forward to? Well, now you go first. Mate, I'm, we've had some renos done around the house, like yeah. a new kitchen. Not that we use the old one that much. Uh, <laughs> so a new kitchen went in. Could it affect your life, not having stuff that you're used to? And some stuff done outside, so I'll be uh, putting everything back. That'll be my job. Do you empty the dishwasher? Yeah, well, I'm doing it at the moment because I've got a problem with the dishwasher as well. Oh. So, um, and oh. I have two teenage daughters, as you know, Arena Marnie. Yeah, and they one's don't... evil. <laughs> yes, mm. uh, and the other one's less evil, and they do bugger all. So, yeah, here's old dad. I, do I love well. washing the plates. 
Do like you? manually washing them. God, you've got a boring life. Yeah. What are you looking forward to? Two things. I'm looking forward to Brock Jarvis, a really good fighter, young Australian, 18 and 0, 16 KOs, trained by Jeff Fennick. He's uh, he's fighting Nort Beauchamp. Uh, it's tonight, actually. Yeah, it's tonight. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. He'll get a world title bout after that. But I'm really looking forward to the last post. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That and bagpipes. Whenever I hear the last yeah. post or bagpipes. My hair's on the back of your neck, eh? I, my eyes well up. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Um, yeah. And look, enjoy your Anzac Day and make sure you do the right things, you know, and, and respect those who have fought so hard to give us the freedoms that we have now in this bloody, terrific country we live in. Mm. Sats, this has been Off the Bench. We'll be back next week. Have a good, good weekend, stuff. mate. See you, everyone.